I first of all, I'm gonna say triple jumpers are the supreme beings of the universe. Ooh. Bottom line. So you, you said you were self-coached the whole time? Yes, yeah, self-coached. Self-coached. Okay. And very, very, you know in high school. Right. In right. high school, you, you know, there's not very many people. First of all, they they didn't have triple jump to my senior year in high school. What? Um, so nobody even knew it. Yes, in the state of Wisconsin, there was no dunking to my senior year. What? And then there was no yes, and there was no triple jump. So no way. Most people think I've been jumping my whole life. Dude, it's triple jump. We didn't have it to our senior year. That's so, crazy. So we were but in learning how to do the event. So yeah. you can imagine what kind of coaching was available. So a lot of times I would yeah. have to do a lot of I created my own drills in my backyard. My parents used to laugh at me out back and I would be making up my bounding drills, plyometric drills, right. all that stuff when I was like 10 years old, 11 years old. My goodness. Get myself ready for long jump, triple jump, basketball, all that jazz. Sheesh. But we didn't have that, we didn't have that kind of foundational stuff back then. Yeah. So I had to create a lot of that stuff on my own. And in doing that, I learned a lot more. Right. And when I got to college, they didn't know half of the stuff I was doing. So yeah. I was like, look, you guys got to move out of the way. I'm trying to get to this level here. Right. And you're coaching me to this level down here. Wow. And I didn't I didn't like that. So I continue to maintain that that tradition throughout. Yeah. And it, and it works. It worked well for me because I was so motivated every morning to get up to try to see how how much better I could be. So. Right, right. So I, I read a book recently called Fake by Robert Kiyosaki. It's about money, but he in right. there he talks about fake teachers. And like, oh. he's like, I only ever want teachers who have, have done what they're talking about. And so I'm like, man, I that, so I agree. Yeah. I agree. Well, that's, that's, that's exactly, that's, that's kind of like my, my, uh, what is it? It's, it's tough to talk to kids and talk to coaches and things like that, because I am such, such a self-motivated person. Right. And when I talk about coaches who are yeah. coaching athletes, I have a hard time because it, for me, the better the, the athlete is, the better the coach appears to be. In oh, my interesting. Opinion. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you get, I mean, if you, if you could take a, an average kid and make them great. Yeah. Wow, you're, you're an amazing coach to me. I can see you have right. some skills and your, 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 right. your demeanor and your character and your motivational stuff is, is on point. Yeah. But if you already have a great athlete and you only get great athletes, man, how, what are you doing? <laughs> right. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't make sense. That's like a guy coming to say, "Well, kid, I coach. I'm going to coach you, Kenny." I said, "Well, I already jumped 59.4." Okay. Well, what are you going to teach me? How to get to 65? Yeah, yeah. And if you can teach me how to get to 65, then you're a great coach. Otherwise, you're a, a guy who just is sharing my information with right. other people. And that's where I that's where I stand right. at that. That's no, that's that's so perfect. And I also love that that you said 65, like in your mind, I feel like, do you feel oh. like you're capable of way more than whatever you're doing right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. I've always, I've, I've always felt that way. And I always throw this in the face of all the, the new jumpers, the kids, and they're like, Kenny, you're, you're not relevant anymore. I said, well, I still have the Olympic record at 59, four and a quarter, <laughs> yeah. but that record is into headwinds. Mm -hmm. So until you break a record into a headwind, if you break my Olympic record into a headwind, then you broke my record. But if you break my record and your your wind readings are 1.5 or 
or 0.5 plus behind your back. If right. you've ever jumped into a headwind, you know the difference between 100%. jumping into a headwind. I don't care if it's 0 0.01 yep. or whatever it is. Yeah. You know what that feels like. So and when I when, when I claim that to people, that's that's my that's my thing of letting them know if I have have the ability to jump that far into a headwind, just imagine if I in the right opportunity or situation and scenario, right. what what would I make able or capable of unleashing at those at those times with the little bit of tailwind at the Olympics or a little bit of tailwind in the perfect situation. Who knows? Yes, yes. Gonna be, so. Perfect. No, that's good. All right. So you're probably most known for your performances at like the highest level Olympics, world championships, et cetera. Right. But nobody starts out there. Nobody starts out right. jumping 59 feet, you know? So right. if, if you wouldn't mind, I mean, I've got time. Uh, if you've Yo, got time, I, I'll take I've as got much time. as you got. Here. Perfect. Here, so we're here. Let, let's go back to the beginning, which is crazy. That was just your senior year of high school. Like you didn't start in middle school, right. but let's go back to the beginning. And if you could try to think back and walk through like the key moments or key factors in your career where you, you know, had bigger improvements, you know, cause like right. ideal, ideally as you're training, you have incremental improvements as throughout throughout. But then there's moments where you hit kind of plateaus and then all of a sudden you jump for, you know, no pun yeah. intended up yeah. to the next level. Right. Like, and so I, I jumped to high school and college and I had a few of those. You, yes. you've had a much longer career than I did. Walk me through. Sorry, I'm done talking. Okay, no worries. No, this is awesome because and you, and you feel free to jump in while I'm going through this because I will skip over stuff. Sure. Um, I'll start from the basics uh, from high school. You know, like I said, we didn't have it in our state event, state meet till our senior year, but we were able to compete in it, you know, with, within our, you know, our high schools or like oh. dual meets and stuff like that from my junior year. Okay. But I started my junior year in triple jumping Jeez. and I, and I jumped 50, I think it was 49, eight in high school, my junior year. Yeah. And then my senior year, I ended up jumping 50. Now, yeah. uh, I, no, I no, you had 52, 52, 52, four. <laughs> right. And, um, but I was, the thing about that is that I always in my training was always trying to make sure that I could duplicate everything. So mm. it wasn't like, I, I've never had like a big breakthrough jump, like a monster. Right. And then my second jump was nowhere near it. Right. You know, right. there was, there was a drop off. Mm. So in my training and everything else, if I'm going to have big jumps, I want to make sure that I can do that at least two or three times in every event. Yeah. And once I'm consistent at being able to do that, then I hit that plateau. I know that big plateau jump will get me to that next level where yeah. I have to be consistent at that level. Oh my, you know, so yes. with, with that, I incorporate that in my training, no matter mm -hmm. what it is, whether it's, um, whether it's bounding, whether it's weight work, whether it's, um, you know, my, my walking stretches, whether it's my flexibility range of motion, I made sure that I was I had to be consistent and be able to duplicate that at least two to three times every day in practice. Wow. So if you have like a big, good, amazing jump, well, coaches always say, hey, was that by accident or was that by design? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that was by design. Yes. I'm going to show you I'm going to do it again. Let's go. So, so with that, with jumping and from high school, I would always have those kind of like, okay, I'm consistent, consistent, consistent. I am confident that down the road, 
in the next couple of days or next week or so, yeah. I'm going to have that pop plateau jump. Yes. And it's never failed me mm-hmm. from high school to college to the next level, to, to every level. I was always looking at that and being like, man, I'm, it's ready to go. It's ready yeah. to pop. And then once that pops, then it's not like, okay, I'm successful. It's like, mm-hmm. let me now, let me duplicate that yep. at the same track meet. So if yep. I have a big bomb jump, okay, wow, that's wonderful. What about the second one? Can I do, mm-hmm. do that again? So I know my body's ready for that next plateau. Right. And that's where, that's kind of where I was saying about the Olympics. Okay, you can, I jump only three times at the Olympics because I only had to because we had headwinds. Oh, so I would wow. be like, okay, I'll jump 59.4, jump 59.1 into a 0.0 headwind. Yeah. And both of my jumps are in the headwind. So I'm like, oh, the big one's coming. Just give me a tailwind at one point. Right, right. So then, boom, I'm going to have that 61-foot jump mm-hmm. that I can now, I'm going to duplicate that one. Yeah. Those, that's how my progressions have always gone. Yeah. So when I try to, like, teach and let kids know, whether it's, whether it's long jump, triple jump, the 400, the 100, no yeah. matter what it is that they're doing, I make sure that their consistency mm. level is, is on point as opposed yep. to just getting that one pop out and being bragging about, oh, I jumped 27.5. Well, what's your second best jump? 26.6? Right. 26.4? Well, that's not the same as being a 27.5 jumper, though. You right. 27.5 twice, at oh, least. Man. So that's, that's where my mentality is. I, I know other people have different renditions of it but that's my mentality yeah how to progress and get better so so that's really interesting because i've done two other interviews so far and Mm -hmm. both of them said the exact same thing they had that experience where like they kind of hit a plateau and then all of a sudden it came and like you know obviously the first times that happens you don't realize it you're just going to get frustrated because you're like why am i plateauing and then towards the later of your experience then it comes yeah but that's where most people start to quit because mm-hmm. they're plateauing and they're right. like, that's as good as I'm going to get. Yes. I, I guarantee you, I know there's probably 90% of, not 90%, but there's a majority of the athletes that I competed against. Yeah. They were way more talented than me. Oh, and they would be like, oh, that's some plateau. That, oh, I'm not going to get any better. Mm. But they didn't wait that just one more week, two more weeks. Just give yourself that one more week and then boom, you're yeah. going to have that plateau, that breakthrough. And then you're going to be able to maintain that, maintain that, but you can't quit on right. your progressions and, and get frustrated with your progressions. And that's, you know, that's where, that's where I think I'm the most proud of myself at is being that patient to wait for that progression to pop through, that yeah. breakthrough to come through. I mean, it sounds like you're a pretty optimistic person. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. 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 So, I mean, so- I mean, that's after the experience. That's after the experience of all the hard work and everything else. Right. Throughout when I was doing it, it wasn't the same. But okay, okay. You know, with it yeah. after the fact, hindsight, looking back and everything, you're like, oh yeah, I was super, you know, <laughs> super motivated. I knew I could always. Uh, some days there were, dang, what's wrong with you? You know. So, so yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Did you ever experience that kind of like discouraging feelings? absolutely and then it's like sometimes i was gonna quit i was like i was getting close to saying i was i was fourth in the world and um i was plateaued out and you know it was tough to get track meets yeah um, for me it was tough to get into meets when you got four or five other 58 foot jumpers 
um, in your own country. Right. And then you got the Russians and then you got the Bulgarians and then you got everyone's around that range and you can't get into a track meet if you're jumping 57.5 and you're just a sophomore. So there was times I was like, I'm, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, did they have like limits or something? Like, or there was Well, like... there's, there's only a certain amount can get in the event. Wow. And then there's a certain amount of money they're gonna pay to a certain amount of people. Gotcha. So yeah, yeah. you got the number one in the world, that's, they're only gonna pay that person because right. that's the only guy they need to be in the stadium yeah. in order to sell tickets. Right. And then they fill in the rest of the lanes kind of deal. Interesting. And that's pretty much it. So they are not going to have at every track meet, they're not going to have the top five triple jumps because they got to pay the top five triple jumpers in the gotcha. world. Gotcha. Oh. So they're not going to do that. They're like not every meet. So there's meets all over. So two guys will go to this meet. Two guys will go to that meet. Yeah. Two guys will be at this meet in Europe. And then all of a sudden, oh. you know, we got to wait till we, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of, Lift, of political playtime yeah you know, lifting you know. the veil on how things actually yeah, work yeah exactly <laughs> nice i'll bring it out yeah this is good um all right so yeah let's let's go back then to high school so you jumped 49 as a junior and then 52 as a senior like right, right. With, with no no prior like training of like no like nowadays we have you know 30 plus years of seeing how people have triple jumped and progressed and the progression right yeah how like yeah all right what do you remember key moments of being able well the first one jumping 49 feet and then how did you do you remember what changed to go from 49 to 52 because 52 is that's three a three foot improvement in one year that's crazy it's a huge it's a huge improvement and there's yeah. a lot of factors that are involved in that okay first i'm also a basketball player and okay I, I, there's there's a lot of that training um, that that is also incorporated, and mm. also I was in gymnastics and ballet and things like that. So that also like accelerated kind of my training aspect of what how to how to be one with your body, especially in gymnastics, especially in ballet. You learn your flexibility, you know balance. In gymnastics, you know balance and rotation and how fast and how high you got to be to do certain things. Yep. So making that transition into triple jump and how fun it was to me to actually triple jump for the first time, being a long jumper or triple jumper and a high jumper yeah. in high school, to, to figure out how cool it was to do the triple jump is figuring out the drills and things like that. So when I was able to, I was doing fun stuff before my junior year, like, you know, bounding and plyometrics and those things are fun. So when I jumped 49, it was just kind of like, oh, just what was happened. that? Uh, yeah. How far is that? And then they would show me, it's like one of the best in the country yeah. You know, you're in the top 10 in the country as a junior. And I was like, well, wow, that's pretty cool. So <laughs> yeah. now let's see how far you really can go mm -hmm. by next year. Because I want to be a 50 foot jumper. Because yeah. I thought that was kind of like the plateau 50 right. foot. I created my own little marker that you put in the grass. Right. That said 50 on it. Yeah. Designed it in, in shop class and all that jazz. Oh, let's go. So I put 50 on it. And then I was able to jump 50. Okay. My my first jump over 50 was my like early in my in my senior year. Yeah. And I was like, man, I could get better and better and better yep. by, you know, by my drills, by creating my own workouts and developing and, and, yeah. and learning different you know nuances of what was taking place. And because I was also a long jumper, yeah. you know, I was long jumping. You only get to take one jump in a long jump. 
Yeah. Because you got to go to do the triple jump and then you got to go do the high jump. Yeah. Right? So yep. you don't get a chance to really focus on one event. Right. You know, when you're not because you're trying to score points and everything mm -hmm. else yeah and you're just having fun with your teammates and it's not that big of a deal right right you know, it's not as professional as, as, it, as it is now where everybody's like oh i'm i'm going to the olympics now no dude you're only jumping 52 you're right. not gonna be close yeah to the olympics in high school but with that kind of information it allowed um it allowed me to learn it technically myself and where my body was and how strong and where I was breaking down and yeah. how to kind of fix those things why I was going so high on my hop when I could just lower that a little bit and just yeah. creating it way back in high school and then learning about momentum and man I'm running out of speed I'm, I'm running out of speed when I get to the pit yeah that kind of stuff why am I doing it let's try to fix that and what what makes how do you do cause and effects to fix that for my body type being a very short jumper right. how do i fix that short and skinny jumper mind you yeah, um, yeah. back then right um, how do i fix that to be strong enough to handle those kinds of things and being able to do that was one thing but also we i grew up in brookfield wisconsin which yep. is cold in mm. freezing <laughs> and we and we jump on concrete oh so my gosh the, so the tracks the tracks are not, not designed like the california tracks so right. when I tell people about when you're recruiting, you go to the, you please go out to the Wisconsin areas. You go out to these places where these kids are jumping 46, 47. Yeah. But once they get to these California Mondo tracks and rubber tracks, like right. I was able to, I went from Start 51 week to 52. I was like, what is this rubber? Is this, are they serious? <laughs> we get to jump on this? Yeah. And boom. And then I started learning what the, the difference between the tracks densities were mm. and all that stuff. Yeah. how it applied and affected my body boom 52.4 and 52 back to back track meets and Dang. all that stuff that's the kind of kind of like passion and kind of understanding of the event that i i put into it from all those years yeah of trying to figure it out kind of yep. on my own that's what kind of applies to making those kinds of big transitions that it wasn't like whoa you made this big breakthrough and that's all you have it's like whoa i made that big breakthrough there's got to be more to the end of this right. tunnel yes. that get, can make me get even better if, if people are jumping 58-11 at the time. That's right. a world record by Willie Banks. Wow, yeah. And I was like, dude, that is, that's a long ways away, but somebody's doing it. How did they get there? Right, so yeah. That kind of like, that's kind of the process to me. And, I love and, that. And not being afraid of it. Not right. being afraid of it and trying to figure it out. So how, how different would you say your form was as a senior in high school for, you know, when you ended your career? Oh man. I mean, I, I, I like I said, I think we all start out the same. Mm -hmm. We all try to say what, I don't know how to get out of my step phase. Yeah. I mean, get, get my, off my hop phase and right. going into step. How come everybody's step phase is horrible? Because it's difficult to vent. <laughs> <laughs> because it's difficult. And I try to explain to folks, look, open your car door going 19 miles an hour oh and just say, gosh. I'm going to just jump out the door and just and try roll. to handle that speed. And yeah. Try to handle that speed. <laughs> and I bet you won't. Interesting. So when you're running down the runway at 19 miles an hour, yeah. what makes you think you're going to leave on one leg and come that same leg and don't think you're going to crash and burn or you're going to be afraid of it. Right. Right. And, and once, and once you learn, you know, the training that goes into that and yep. then learn, how much power and strength is going to be able to get you off of the ground back into position right. and, and maintain momentum. 
yep. throughout your phases, yeah, then you'll start making progressions and not being afraid of that phase because as you watch other jumpers be able to execute it and get better and stronger as their careers develop and get, you know, yeah. as they develop and get stronger and more powerful, right. get that man strength in them yeah, down yep. the road <laughs> and you're able to handle those things, then you don't, you're not afraid of it. Then right. you start getting those big progressions and, and improvements. Interesting. So, so did you always have your massive first phase, like even in high school? Did, like, yeah. So m most people do obviously try to like sky that first phase and then they just collapse, like you said. Yep. But I mean, going 52, you obviously had to be able to handle it to some degree. Right. Do you feel like you were like just naturally strong and that's why you could handle it? Or were you working on some sort of technical aspect that helped you to handle your big first phase when you were well, younger? Well, right. Well, having older brothers, big older brothers, they're all 6'2", 6, six, you know, oh, really? six one. The strong, powerful. My dad's five, six four. My Jeepers. dad, my mom's five ten. So okay. I got cheated. Yeah. <laughs> so Dang. I'm five nine, five ten. Wow. But um, but watching the strength that they had and what I'm gonna grow and develop into, mm -hmm. I my my thing was like I have to have this big old giant hot face. I don't yeah. know. I'm not gonna get rid of it, and I'm gonna get stronger. And one day I'm gonna be able to handle getting out of it. Man. So. So that's that that was always my mentality and my training yeah. um, design yeah. was like I'm just gonna hop as far as I can no matter what but I'm gonna be I have to be able to get out of this and not be afraid right. of that ground coming at me yeah I gotta go get the ground and attack right. it and and be aggressive at getting it yeah and trust me the progression of doing that over the years if I progressively got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger <laughs> of course I did eliminate because i i did i do have the longest hop phase ever at 23 four oh my um, gosh. Of, a, of a hop phase recorded on a 57 three foot jump yeah so being able to do that at a with a 57 foot jump yeah my goal my goal was like look if, in order for me to jump 61 62 feet i have to have a 22 foot hop phase at some point yeah. somebody's got to have 22 20 20 yeah or 20 Somebody's got to have 22 somewhere, right, 22, right. 23, something like that. So yep. that was my mentality to have a, a huge hot phase and be able to get out of it. So by design, that was my, my that's, goal in my yeah. progressions. And, you know, that's, that's, a, that's not how I teach it to anybody else. Yeah. But that's my personal goal because I'm a different body type at five foot 10. I have to do something right. completely different than gotcha. a Christian. Than, right, right. Than, than somebody who's 6'2 yep. that can get away with some stuff. I yep. can't get away with anything at five foot 10 and five foot nine. I think that's an important thing too to bring up is like that there are different body types. And so there should be different jumping styles yeah. to a degree. But but of all the different jumping styles, what, what do you think are some things that everybody should do probably? I mean, you know, we don't know yeah. everything in 50 years, they right. might find out that this stuff is yeah. dumb, but- <laughs> Yeah, what, exactly. What, what do you know now that you think would apply to every triple jumper? I think that every triple jumper should understand momentum. Mm. And I, I know all coaches are going to be, I mean, the coaches that I work with, they, they get sick of me saying moment. It's like, you, you got to come down with some more speed, son. I was like, that's not speed. You don't need speed. You need momentum. Mm. So in moment, speed is working hard and generating, generating, forces that aren't necessary 
Mm. If you come down with momentum enough to jump, like I'll take momentum for like jumping 60 foot jump. I know how much speed I need to go to jump 60 feet. Yeah. I don't have to go, oh, run my 10, 20, 100 meter speed coming down yeah. the runway. And, and I only come down the runway at 70%, maybe 75% wow. at any given jump. No. I've never been able to go over. And that's probably why I'm able to jump into headwinds. Yeah. Because I can start to amp it up a little bit with my speed and, right. and my momentum a little bit to fight against winds. Interesting. But coming down the runway, I'm not going to kill myself going yeah. 100 miles an hour Yeah. using my speed. So I say momentum. So I have people just visualize how much momentum will it take you to get to the this point of the pit? Mm-hmm. Just like walking through visualization. Yeah. And it's not a lot of you like, dang, it doesn't really take me that much speed to get to that. That's like, exactly. So once people understand that concept of the momentum, then they're not trying to kill themselves throughout the phases because yeah. they know they have enough speed to get there. And now they can actually work on their mm-hmm. technical stuff in between those, right. those, those three different phases, as opposed to working how fast I got to get down there. And then you're fighting your technique yep. as opposed to being comfortable knowing that you have enough speed. Yep. Now I can work on my, my phases. Okay. So, um, everybody's going to have to learn how to get off that hot phase. Right. Oh, and man. that's bottom line. And I don't care like Jonathan Edwards, he's a skim jumper. I call mm-hmm. them skimmers. I don't even call them triple jumpers. Yeah. I call Kirsten Taylor skimmer. He's not a triple jumper. Yeah. He's a skimmer. Yeah. And Will Clay's a jumper. He's yeah. got three yeah. distinct phases right. and you right. can see him. I'm a jumper. We have three yeah. distinct different phases. But when yeah. you see these guys, they stay really low yeah. to the ground. Like Mike don't Conley. Put, put a, yep, Mike Conley. They don't put a lot of force in their body. Right. And, and everything else. So, so with those differences, who can get out of that first phase? I don't care if you stay super low. You still got to figure out how to get off that first phase, moving yeah. that fast and that low. Yeah. And that's pretty. That's pretty. Just just as impressive as coming from a big high hop as it yep. is coming from flat low speedy trajectory. Right. Right. It's yeah. causing that force. So. So, so momentum is key. I mean, key. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know who else would disagree with you on that, but yeah. um, what are some technical parts of, of that transition from the hop phase into the step phase and then from the step phase into the jump phase that help you maintain that momentum? Um, some, of the, some of the techni- technical things that help me are, um, I mean, my drill work, of course, and I don't care from everything from skipping drills where you skip and work on pa, pa, and working on your foot quickness, yeah. your foot speed, mm. being able to execute foot foot speed and pullback force and generating force into the ground. Yeah. Um, learning that technical part when you're in the air waiting for the ground to come to you. Yeah. Is that kind of foot speed in, the, in order to attack the ground so the ground doesn't attack you? <laughs> that last right. second. That last second, here we go, prep, here the ground's coming, that pow, to get yeah. up and, and be, be you know, to force that, that punch into the ground. Yeah. And I think it's karate, um, Bruce Lee, when he's <laughs> doing the, the, the one inch punch, where he's got that one inch and then that one split second, then <laughs> pow. Yeah. And that force that you, that one twitch, mm-hmm. is all that's necessary to get you out of a triple jump position. Wow. And that's what I utilize, a lot of like karate kind of things. Yeah. That, that like even boxing, when you got that short uppercut, it's not that you're doing a bunch of other stuff. It's that short little pop Just at that. the end. Yeah. That little uh at the end that yeah. 
get you off the ground and in a better interesting. position. That's super interesting. And it's not all those big loping movements. Okay, you can lope, but when are you gonna get ready right. to beat fire back at it? Fire back at it. Right. And most kids, most kids and even the elite athletes, elite jumpers all float to that phase and they just float through it and yeah. they float through it. And yeah. you don't ever see that boom, that 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 aggressive like punch at it. Right. On the, right at the end of every phase. Yeah. And once you see that jumper, you know that you don't even have to hit you can hear it. Yeah. You won't have to see it. You'll be like, oh, that's a good jump. <laughs> you can look around yeah, and yeah. like, oh man. So yeah. That, you you can cool. always tell on on a second phase when somebody like hits it right and they just like keep going. You're just yeah. like, oh my gosh. Oh, what they do right. Oh, they attacked it. Right. They attacked it. They can wait for it. Yeah, yeah. Like that third phase. Anyone can get up, you know, in out of a third phase, but if you have that second phase, everybody, it's like the, it's like, oh, what would be the example? It's like the holy grail. The, yeah. The, it's like the, it's like when you see when you see someone hit it and come out of their hot yep. and boom, you're like, like oh, oh, you're like, oh, oh, get ready. If they, if let's see if they're gonna mess it up. Let's <laughs> see if they're gonna execute the rest of it or be patient enough to execute. Right. Because right. now they're in the air. Okay. Now what are you gonna do? Right. Now what are you gonna do? And, and that's where a lot of people just screw up their big monster jumps because they're like so impatient because that's the first time they actually hit that step phase. Right. Or you see them all of a sudden get like, like oh out shoot. Of, oh. Yeah. Out of out of whack. So crazy, crazy. That's huge. That's a key for me. Okay. Yeah. So so momentum and then that I don't even yeah. what what would you call it? Just like I just call it me, I call it Bruce Lee because it's, Bruce that's Lee. how I that's how I taught it to myself. I was yeah. just like that one inch that at the, I should be fast enough and explosive enough for that last second adjustment yes. to just boom, just everything at the same time, fire yeah. to the ground and ex execute all the force of the ground yes. at that one split second. Yep. It will get me right back up in the air and maintain all of my momentum. Yes. I don't I don't ever want to lose that moment. Yep. That's what and I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it the one inch punch. One inch punch. Yeah. There you go. So you got to get momentum, good takeoff, and then one inch punch on each Pow! transition. Yep. yep. Transition. Pow. And that's oh. it. All right. Sweet. That's it. That's great. Um, okay. So let's go back then. 52.4. What was your next? Did you, did you kind of plateau at 52.4? Did you start to progress after that to 53s, 54s? Well, 50, I went from 50, no, I went 52 to four. Then my uh, freshman year in college, um, I went 55. 55 Holy smokes. 55, right, 55. <laughs> now, but now, but that's after 55 because I never lifted weights in high school. Oh, never okay. Never lifted weights in my life. Right. And now I'm working with a strength and conditioning coach and I'm, yeah. getting, I'm getting new arms, new legs, you're <laughs> getting powerful and yep. a little bit bigger I, I, i'm learning how to run correctly mm. my technical my running technique was free and everywhere right. now i'm running like my my guy is carl lewis trying okay. to duplicate that that running technique with the hands open elbows and knees to 90 90 90 90 executing body position forward tip but once i started trying to do that and how hard that was i was mm. like i thought i could just Hop up and do that position. No, dude. Right. It takes a lot of work to get into that position Amen. to make it look that efficient and, right. and make it that efficient so you're not working hard. 
but yeah. moving fast. Right. It's, it's funny that you say that. And I didn't know that about you, that you intentionally modeled your running after Carl Lewis, but I was watching some of your videos, you know, and I was like, yeah. dude, he runs just like Carl Lewis on the <laughs> runway. I was like, I was, I would be like, look, it's the most efficient. I wanted to be, like I said, just momentum. Yep. If I can get up to momentum and speed and momentum so that I'm not working on the runway, right. there's no working. I have enough speed to just yep. be chill, chill, chill. Now I can, all my work is going to happen after the board, right? not running to the board. And then yeah. now I got to work after the board too. Right. It's horrible. It doesn't so, make sense. So that learning started in my freshman year, learning how to run correctly, great technique, over-exaggerating knee lift knee drive, arm angles all through training yeah. and, and all that stuff and not backing off of it and trying to change it, but just sticking to that technical stuff. Yeah. That automatically got me from 52.4 to 55 feet uh, my very first year. Gotcha. So, and then I stayed pretty consistent at 55, you know, throughout the year. Had lots of, had injuries, so I missed, you know, like, second half of certain years, second half of okay. every year. I never had a whole complete full season because I was no. killing myself. Really? Was oh, it yeah, I, was, I your... was overtraining. Oh, really? Yeah, I was but... getting stress fractures and all kinds of stuff. Was, was the overtraining on your part or was it like my... coaching? And I don't mean to blame, but- you No, know. no, no, mine, mine, okay. mine, mine. Because so I were... was self-coached. Because I would okay. do, I would do- Even in college? College, yes, even in college. Oh, they would okay. do my speed and the speed conditioning, hurdle yeah. work, you know, all the other stuff, triple jump, long jump yep. and stuff. That was on me. Gotcha, so, okay. So with wow. the bounding plyometrics and all the drills that it takes to do the triple jump, those are mine. Right, <laughs> wow, okay. So with that, with that, um, I, I would bound like, you know, 10 times 100 yards. Um, yeah. 10 times 100 <laughs> yards. With jog back in between, ten to two thousand yards of bounding. Thousand yards, but I would go fifteen hundred like a, a mile. Sheesh. I wanted to do a mile of bounding, so it would be alter, alternate leg bounds for hundred yards, then single leg for fifty yards, on both sides for three. Yeah. So three, three and three, so that's six hundred. So that puts me at sixteen hundred yards. Then you got double leg hops of bleachers. You got all that stuff. Then you got to go to the weight room. Right. So I was doing all that stuff on top of, you know, the, the, the yeah. speed work, the conditioning, yep. the running work, you know, all that jazz that you right. do for other events. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff together. So, so knowing what you know now, how would you change your training in college? Oh, I would, I would have been chimed down. I would be, I would only, I would probably bound for a thousand. I would still do the 10 times 100 yard bounce. Okay. Yeah. But then I would definitely do that. There's no way I could have had the progressions that I've had without that foundational stuff way back Interesting. then. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but I would be a little bit smarter with, um, you know, a lot of the other things like, like combining the bounding with the, the weight training, the heavy weight training leg day yeah. with my heavy bounding. Okay. I probably would make like some adjustments on those things, separate them sure. a little bit make yeah. those adjustments and then also incorporate a lot more of my um, my running workouts um, because I ran a lot of quarters, a lot of 400s um, oh, in college, um, a lot of relays and four by twos, four, I mean, four by ones, four by fours, yeah, 200s, you know, all that stuff. 
at the same time, but I would have incorporated a lot more of that strength type of rain, running it, it, with taking the, away some of that bounding, some of that bounding out of my, my um, you know, breaking my body down a little bit sure. and building strength with muscle and endurance would have allowed me to be a little bit more healthy as I made my progressions yeah. through college. Okay. Through college. That's super interesting. So, so what kind of injuries did you have? Like, I know you, I know of just of the yeah. one knee injury in 92, yeah. but what, what else? Yeah, well, I had, uh, uh, I had um, cracked my tibia as a freshman, as Eesh. a freshman in, in uh, college. Yeah. So I had a stress fracture, good, good size stress fracture across my tibia. So that held me out for about a year. Was uh, that on your uh, takeoff hop leg? leg? Hop leg, okay. yeah. That makes Long sense. jump leg and hop leg, both are the same. So oh, okay. there was a lot of strain. And then basketball, you know, I played a lot of, I played basketball. That was my first thing in, in high school. So that, that right. put a lot of pounding on me, okay. a lot of dunking on people, a lot of that <laughs> stuff. Yes, sir. So, so that stuff, but all that combination into your freshman year and the new weights mm. and everything else, that kind of, and gaining extra pounds and right. carrying this extra size on you and trying right. to triple jump down. So that had a toll on it as well. But okay. with that, and then as you as we started doing more speed and, and, and me becoming more like a sprinter, you know, I was running 45 splits and 44 splits on our four by fours and, Sheesh. you know, doing the, the relays of the four by ones, you, yeah. you know, we're running low, you know, nines and, and low tens and nines yeah. in those, in those in relays yeah. and hamstring injuries started coming into play and being part of like, gotcha. Hey man, you're messing up my triple jump now. Yeah. So yeah. Those kinds of injuries and, and being able to make up, being able to balance that stuff. Like I said, I'm, I'm always like the Guinea pig for okay. how, to, how to train in triple jumping. Right. Because yeah. I was able to go through this stuff at a super, super high level of, of overtraining, yep. so to speak. Yep. Of overtraining to see what it's going to be possible for my body type. Number one, right. but what I would never do to anybody else in the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> ever. Yep. <laughs> but 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 take it, I would be able to take a person to that level, be mm -hmm. like, okay, you're good here. We're gonna maintain at this yeah. level. It's not necessary for you to do X, Y, and Z. Okay. But to, to be able to make that, um, those injuries or go, fight through those injuries and then and then still make those progressions mm -hmm. gave me a little bit more confidence as, okay, I'm always gonna be okay. Even through a little bit of injury, I, I can fight back. I can take a year off. I can take six months off. This yeah. pandemic wouldn't even affect me because I know right. how to manipulate training yes. to be ready Yep. When it's time to go, and Love that's, it. that's another big thing for me is being prep my meat preparation, training preparation, and getting my body ready on a certain day or ready for anything. Right. I think I'm 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 I think I'm the best at that than anybody mm. in the world at Love doing it. that, and I think that's why I'm I've been successful in my career. Yeah, like I can I can take off the whole. I don't have to go to five or ten track meets in order to be able to give you a mark. Yeah, a huge mark. I can show up at your track meet and give you because of what I've go. done in practice. Yeah, yeah, I've done it in training. Wow, so. interesting. Okay, so what what years were you in college at case? Eighty four, eighty four to eighty eight. Okay, gotcha. So your senior year was that first Olympics. Yep, the Olympic I, trials. Yeah. And you made it no, to that no. one? Oh, no, the Olympic trials. I was at the Olympic trials my, out of high school going in my freshman year. 
at Kansas State. I went to Olympic trials on the junior team. Oh, really? Won okay. The juniors, won the juniors. Okay. And then went to Olympic trials, and that's when Willie Banks, I saw Willie Banks and all these amazing, and Al Joyner. Yeah. All these amazing, all these, you're your idols. And I'm on the runway now after winning juniors. Now you're going to the Olympic trials. Yeah. And, they're on, and I'm coming down, put my marker on the runway. And Willie Banks said, man, get off the runway. <laughs> he said, get off. He goes, hey, you got to get off the runway. And I was like, oh, that's Willie Banks. Oh, did he just tell me to get off the runway? Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I said, that's, that can't happen ever again. <laughs> so that's that. That was my that was my mindset. I was like, this dude just told me to get off the runway. Yeah, oh, yeah. Heck no. I'll see him again. I'm gonna see him again. That got me like juiced. Yeah, to, yeah. Like, really like progress. And that was, but that was one of really cool moments because I was that was one of my idols. Yeah. What, sorry, was he telling you to get off the runway because he was about to do it? He was uh, coming. Okay. Yeah, get off the runway. <laughs> Get out hey, the boy, way, I'll young man. Run you over. Get out the yeah. way, dude. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> shoot. Man. No, shoot. Rookie. Okay, that's the way it is. Yeah. You know, because in high school, you telling everybody, hey, I'm on, they see you on the runway, they get everybody moves out the way. Right. They're like, oh, God, Kenny Harris, that guy jumped 50 feet. And <laughs> uh, we're only jumping 42s. Yeah. He jumped 50. So everybody would be like, okay, if you're on the runway, it's kind of like your runway yeah. kind of thing. So it, it's it's kind of funny thing that when that that happened to me, that's the slap down moment. Like, yeah, youngster, watch out. Yeah, this is this is grown men doing this now. That like, yeah, oh boy. that that's good though, and I feel like that was probably a benefit for you and for anybody who's oh. coming up and good, you know, to like be, be humble to keep themselves yes. humble. Um, right man like what like it, it did it did it made me super it made you understand i mean when i my first thing my i got to kansas state mm -hmm. my uh, head coach steve miller he sent me on like international like all the the meets like sun kiss invitational indoor meets and stuff uh, against the the best of the best like yeah. the most powerful and i came out there and guys had muscles dude i mean grown <laughs> men with beards we're competing against with hamstrings and the, the muscle that goes across around the top of your kneecap. Yeah. They had the muscles that go around the top of the kneecaps and traps and arms. And I was like, I got to, and you can feel them come down the runway. Boom, boom. And I mean, on outdoor track. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, who the, who is coming down? You're looking like, am I in the right place? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was scary. And, I try to tell you the youth and young kids and, you know, you, I know you see other people doing great things and, you know, you want to get to that level, but you don't see yourself there. Yeah. And in that moment, I try to explain that kind of, that kind of story because that's how I felt. I was like, man, are you kidding me? These are grown men. I'm a little kid. Yeah. And I'm supposed to try to beat these guys. Hmm. I, how long is it going to take me for me to get that kind of muscle, that kind of speed, that kind of this. Right. But you either uh, fight or flight. So I'm like, don't, don't flight because yeah. your body's going to naturally get better. Right. You gotta, you gotta trust the process kind of thing. And that gave me my first like <clears throat> understanding, like, oh my goodness, I, yeah. there's no fight. I'm fighting. There's no flight in this. I Let's want go. some of that. Yeah. I want some of this down the road. <laughs> Somebody's going to pay. So are it's kind of cool. Are, are you the youngest of your siblings? uh youngest boy yeah youngest boy okay. younger sister yeah so i mean you've kind of had that your whole life though like you know someone a little bigger oh, older 
always big, always taller, always yes. got to slay the giant. Just yeah, me, yeah. Everybody's gonna get some down the road. Let's go. <laughs> kind of, kind of mentality. Let's go. Love you know, that. that's my mentality. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, you know, like everybody used to say, dude, you're so mean and track me. It's just like I'm not there, dude. I'm there to make you quit. I'm not there to be your friend. Yeah. I'm not there for anything. I want when you see me jump, I want you to be like, I quit. I need to go get a nine to five job <laughs> because what he's doing is not the same event as what I'm yes. doing. I want to to get rid of the competition. Wow. <laughs> that road. I love that's that. my that's mentality amazing. when I walk out there. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it's it's interesting that you you pointed out like how you know how much bigger those guys felt because like in other sports it's it's obvious like you know when you go to a professional baseball game the ball the ball is coming oh. off the bat so much harder. Here it is. Football yeah. like the dudes are just massive, but I never yeah. think of that with track you know because like yeah. I think maybe because the the video is only always on one person so you never have that side yep. by side comparison side by side. That it's yeah, really cool. Some, I think. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, just I mean, that's why I love track and field. You need yeah. you you don't run track and field and come out there and you got some you're overweight or you got a little <laughs> belly. You walk out there and there's some specimens walking around out yeah. there in every event. Yes. And if you're not checking out, like, dang, I got, I got work to do. If you're not know understanding that part of it from a yep. very young age, you're like. And knowing that you need to step your game up on every facet of everything, yeah, then man, it, then you're, you're then you're missing out on the whole aspect of what track and field is all about. Right, right. So, so what's your take then on these, uh, like football players and other athletes talking about, you know, like who who's the, who's got the fastest, the strongest, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I first of all, I'm going to say triple jumpers are the supreme beings of the universe. Ooh. Bottom line. I'll, I'll put if if you want to go, I'll tell any NBA player, any NFL player, anybody, baseball, golf, whatever you want to do. Yeah, we we'll just go out and do athletic movements. Let's just go see your, your your bird. Let's see your speed. Let's see you catch a football. Let's see you throw a football over yeah. the top. Let me see that skill. Let me see you scoop a, a, a baseball. Let me see you throw it from out home from center field to home plate. Let me see your accuracy. Let me see all of that which you claim that you are. Yeah. And being a trainer of NFL players, Major League Baseball players, all these other athletes. Yeah. I'm glad that you guys play a game, period, because that you play the game. Yeah. If you guys were athletes first and then played your game, you guys would all be like Jordan and LeBron James. But they're not. They do not take the time to work on that speed, that running technique. Yeah. They don't yeah. take the time to go work on that plyometric, that get off the ground, how much higher or further can I jump off of either one leg or both legs dynamically? Yeah. How much, how do I work on my athleticism to take it to my game? Yes. Now, if a NFL player or NBA player did do these kinds of training drills, and some of them kind of try to do it, but they don't do a lot of it because we want to go to practice and practice our game. Yeah. Period. We don't want to work on how good we can be. Mm. That's just like when they have to do line drills or in the NBA and they you're like, well, we got to run today. Dude. And it sucks. And they get tired and like coaches, like, why do we got to keep running? Dude, you're working on your cardio. You're not even working on your running technique or your, your yeah. athleticism or your agility, your speed, your explosive power. Right. But then after they do that, they go right into their drills. Slide you shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Shuffle, yeah. shuffle, shuffle. That's not being an athlete, dude. You're working on being a basketball player. 
Interesting. Now, if you worked on being an athlete first, then went and did your shuffle, 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 and your <laughs> your lines reels. Dude, you know how much better each one of those NBA players would be? How much yeah. better an NFL player would be? And how easier the game would be for them? And how much longevity <clears throat> they will have down the road? Yep. That's that's all I have to say about those the the, the difference between a, a, a NFL player and a track and field person. Right. Is bottom line. Bottom line is track and field is just training to be yeah. the best athlete you can be. Then you yeah. go play your game yeah. after we're done doing that. And that's it. That's good. That I mean, that it, it's so obvious when you watch football, which guys have ran track in their past and which guys haven't. Oh, yeah. Like there, there was actually a quarterback. I, I'm forgetting which team or whatever broke through the line and was running. And just like oh. tripped over himself because he didn't like he did, he couldn't pick his knees up right. It was just all backside mechanics. <laughs> it can't change. It can't change gears because right. there's no gear changing. Yeah, and what that's what they fail to understand in in a, like the NFL. And I will say this about the NFL. I apologize to all my people that I've worked with in the past. Um, you know, I won't name any of you guys' name on here, um, but they they have longevity in the NFL and NBA and they've had long careers due yeah. to some of the training and the concepts behind yeah. what it takes to be an athlete first mm. and go play your game yeah but as far as just the, the speed the NFL all you do is put those lines on your field to make it look like you guys are running fast <laughs> you got all the hash marks and stuff so when the guy turns the corner he's like look at that speed yeah he looks like he's running past these lines so fast but he's not going anywhere yeah, not, yeah. Uh, that's not the same <laughs> They, we're going to start putting lines on the track yeah. so, oh, people can, so it looks like Could everybody can look super fast and we'll put a rabbit out on the side of the track so we can like the camera that rides by the goes along with the sprinters yeah show that so you can see the exact speed of how fast that camera looks right. compared to how fast those guys are moving absolutely i i heard an idea from someone one time that they said they should just take a random joe schmo from the crowd and have him run in every race and like compete in every event just to give oh. perspective oh i just i'll just take an nfl i'll take any player anybody any, well track and field is anybody yeah. it's not like you gotta like if i want to play in the nfl mm-hmm and, and you have enough skill to go play. No, they're not gonna let that happen because it's the network. They can't let you come out there and embarrass their players because then the NFL doesn't have their gravity of who they are. Now, if you come out there running better than their athletes and catching balls and you know you can throw over the top and you got a nice tight spiral, they're not gonna let you go. You gotta go through a training camp. You gotta get a scout. You gotta have an agent to get there. You gotta go through all this stuff. They're not yeah. just gonna let little little guy over here just come out there and, and try out that's yeah. not gonna happen yeah because that's it's that good old boy network kind of thing and it's not gonna happen but in track and field anybody from the world anybody in the world could go sign up for a track meet at any track yeah. get out there run your time and then you're in the system let's yep. go now yep. you have the ability to go out there and perform at the highest highest levels so yeah. love that that's what I would, I would love. I would love all the NFL players. Come on out, get some. Yep. <laughs> get some. NBA players, come get some. Let me yep. see you guys jump from the free throw line and dunk it, which is 15 feet. Woohoo. <laughs> Add another 12, 13. <laughs> another, another 45 feet. Let yeah. me see what you guys got. So that's Crazy. beautiful. That's beautiful. Awesome. Cool, cool. 
All right, so I think we left off. We were talking about yep. college and injuries and then your Olympic yep. experiences. That's where we were. Um, so you said the trials were your first kind of Olympic experience, your freshman the trial, year? The, the freshman year, yep. Freshman year, okay. The first, first attempt. And then uh, your second one was in 88? 88. 88. Yeah, that okay. was a tough one. That was that a tough one. Oh, that, really? was, that was a that was a tough one. A, a slap to the face, kind of like I thought it was. I thought I was going to retire after 1988 because I was going to win the break the world record and um, and I wanted to uh, win my gold medal there and be done. Oh, I, really? That's, that's all I wanted to do in track and field is just be the w- number one in the world. Yeah. That didn't know anything about. It. I just want to be number one in the world. and I want to break the world record. Wow. I don't care. About, I don't care about track meets. I don't care about how many times you get to go there? I don't, that's, that's never been a mentality of mine. Yeah. So yeah. now they start talking about the most whatever. I don't <laughs> hear that. Yeah. But the bottom line is that's what I wanted to do. So, but in 88, when I missed making the team by two inches oh. and I think I jumped 57 and seven and 57, 10 made the team. Okay. And, Man. and then those guys went on and they didn't make the finals. of the Yeah. Olympics. Yeah. And I was hot. And I was hot. I was yeah. like, are you kidding me? And that's what I'm talking about, consistency. Right, if right. If you're able to jump 57, you should be able to do that three times in this meet. Right. Then you're definitely going to be able to do it at the Olympics yep. three times. And you're going to be able to do it at the Olympic finals at right. least two times. And when they couldn't go get to that level again, yeah, they were at that level at the Olympic trials. And then when they went to the games, they weren't able to get to, they were jumping 55s and 56s and couldn't get to the, Mm-hmm. Were they, you know, the 58s that they were jumping at the trials. Yeah. I was like, well, that's, that, that defeats the point, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That defeated the point to me. So I knew that I had to wait another four years. Man. It did so that seem like, years. did that seem like an eternity at that point? Yeah. Was it was it like, like it, that was the time where you're thinking, well, maybe I'm going to do my corporate job. I'm going to work in marketing, public relations, and wow. use my college degrees and, and yeah. move forward. And, you know, in, incorporate that with my, you know, sports and all that jazz and, you know, yep, traveling yep. and all that goodness. But, yeah, I was like, oh, it's time to go. This is four more years of training and going to all these beats around the world and traveling around the world and not sleeping in my bed. Yeah, man, this is going to be. Ah, all right. Let's <laughs> get tough. it. Let's yep. get it. The next day after the, you finish crying in the parking lot, <laughs> the, the night after you didn't make the, the team. Yeah, it's back to work two days Man. later. Love starting that. over. Yeah, starting over, and no, that's no the process. Off. And then that's the the very next uh, eighty eight. Then then ninety 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 is when I had my big breakthrough. It's okay. when I jumped fifty eight ten. Okay, and the world record was fifty eleven, and I was and I was the I was the number two jumper in the in the history of the world in nineteen ninety. Yeah. And I was jumping 58 feet three times every track meet, though. Man. So two times, three times when most people only jump once in their whole careers. Right. I was jumping that every, three times every track meet all European season. Sheesh. So that's when I was like, okay, now that that plateau is going to come. Yep. Because I'm jumping 58 like three times every track meet. From right. 58, 10. What's coming after this? 61. What's What's next? What's the next plateau? Love so it. So I'm just like, so I'm like going to track meets, and I would tell people I only jumping once, 
because if I'm, I'm not going to beat myself up, I'm not right. trying to get injured. So why do I have to jump six times when I can only <laughs> jump, jump once and win? I can jump once and I'm, I'm winning. Yeah. So I would jump 58. And then the second best jump would be like 56, five, 50 Conley then would be 57 maybe. Yeah. And I would be jumping 58, five. I would be to win, move on to the next track meet or start training. Wow. And the next track meet, I jump 58 and me promoters would get mad because they're like, <laughs> our crowd wants to see you break the world record. And I was like, well, you're not paying me for the world record. Ooh, yeah. So I'll wait, I'll wait. Yeah. I'll wait till I get back to the United States. And that, that was my mentality because I don't want to beat myself up traveling around, jumping, jumping myself out and yeah. killing myself because the ultimate goal was to, of course, was I thought was to break the world record and win a gold medal. Yeah. So I just yeah. kept passing. That's interesting too, uh, about like the, I don't know, I don't want to call it like the average person, but the non, non-track athlete observing a meet like that, you know, especially throughout the season, you know, and these yeah. guys, like bolts not running a nine five every single meet like right that's that's yeah. not the point <laughs> right. like you're trying, right. trying to uh time it out so that you're competing at your best at you know that, that last at meet. the at the major championships exactly. and at that time it's it to me track meets are, are practice yeah it's like uh, going to school it's a you're taking quizzes you take a quiz you take a quiz you take a quiz then you got the final yeah that's where you got to have all the knowledge from all the quizzes. Mm. You study all the quizzes and then you put all your quizzes together and then you got your final exam and then you better be able to perform at that final exam in order to get that. your grade. Yeah. And, that, you know, that's how I teach my kids too with athletes and everything. And it's the same thing. Track meets don't go there to win. You can't win the Olympic gold medal at every track meet. Yeah. Period. Yep. You're supposed to be working on stuff during those track meets. Yeah. So you're not supposed to be killing yourself. So <laughs> yeah, that's a super good analogy. I'm gonna definitely use that quizzes and For sure. Final. Um, so you said 90 was your breakthrough. Do Do you remember anything that changed for you physically or technically that helped you kind of go from 55 to seven and 58? Yeah, 57, 58, and 50, and then 59, 58, 10. Yeah. So yeah, that the transition was that. I didn't have to work as hard on the runway. That Interesting. That, that thing that finally that clicked in. Yeah. That I could, I didn't have to use energy on the runway to be fast enough to jump mm. that far. Yeah. And then, then I could work on just those three punches. Remember yeah. those? Yep. Those, one inch those three one-inch punches? Yeah. Uh, it's two one-inch punches. There's only two jumps. Right, right. Two. Two punches. That's all you got. Yeah. You only got to punch somebody. Pop, pop, <laughs> and that And that's it. So yep. once I realized that now I'm, I have enough speed, I'm rolling. I don't got to do any work on the runway. And all I got to do is really be aggressive twice. Yeah. And that's in flight. And that's, that's progression, of course, throughout your training for years and years and years right. to get to that point that you can say that to somebody and be like, this is the, how effective I've become from doing all those things prior. Yeah. You know, all the training that comes prior. But the effectiveness that I was able to make by being in that good of shape and that that powerful and explosive at the time made everything so much easier. So that when I come down the runway, I never had to worry about my steps. I never worried about fouling. Yeah. I never 
I was so consistent. You know, I, mm. every first jump, if I'm going to come down here, if I'm going to come compete at your track meet, yeah. my first jump is going to be the bomb and it's going <laughs> to be on point. So yeah. I'm always prepared 100% for that first jump. So all that stuff became super easy for me, like the runway, the approach. Then all I had to do, the hard work was only those two things. Yeah. And that was that was being able just to focus on those two things. So it was yeah. kind of like cheating to me. Yeah. It's kind of like cheating because I was like, I'm not working. This is not hard. Right, right. It's not hard anymore. I, I work so hard to make this easy. So yeah. all I got those to do is those two punches. Yeah. And then my mentality to say, let me see if I can duplicate that again. Mm. And being able to go back and duplicate it. It might not feel as good as the first one, yeah. but the distance on being able to get that same distance with even average technique now right. and duplicating that, that's when I knew, okay, that's the breakthrough I was looking for. Wow. So that 58, um, a, a perfect example is um, my first national championship was <laughs> in 90 and um, I jumped 56-4 and the, mm. the, the announcer comes over and he goes, Mr. Harris, this is your first championship. Are you excited about that? And I was like, no, it was crap. That yeah. I've just, uh, that was crap. He's like, what do you mean it's crap? You won. I was like, no, I didn't come here to, to win. Mm. Uh, my goal was to jump 58.5 here mm. today. And he said, but then your PR is 57.7 or something. I said, but I'm, my body is ready now. That plateau, yes. I'm prepared. And I was physically ready, everything, mentally. Yeah. Boom, my body felt amazing. Yeah. And it wouldn't come out. Yeah. And, and I was like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. I'm checking the track. I said, okay, the track's a little soft. So what? I'm right. still capable of jumping 57.5. Right. But I'm, I came here to jump 58.5. Yeah. And the guy, and the guy just laughs at me. And he, and I hear him just go, Psh, this kid doesn't know what he's talking about. Hmm. The very next track meet, that very next week, I go yeah. to Stockholm, Sweden, and I jump 58.10. Boom. And I was like, now that's what I was talking about. <laughs> Like, I knew it and was I'm in like, there. Now, where were you? Yeah. Last week when this guy was talking mess. Right. right here, I yeah. said, where was that last week when I was prepped for this? Yeah. I wasn't prepped for it then. It was cold. It was chilly in Stockholm. Mm. But it, 58.10 came out. And then I jumped yeah. 58.1 and 58.2. I was Jeez. like, where's that? Where was that? Right. Last week. So now I'm like, okay, you never know when your big jumps are coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I learned a lesson then. You know, okay. you can feel amazing and it right. still might not come out. You can't yeah. be patient. You don't got to be patient and trust it. Trust your technique. Trust the, trust the situation. Then boom, the 58 comes out of nowhere. 10, you know, almost break the world record by an inch. And you're like, well, what, what, what's the difference? What happened? Yeah. And you, I, did, I didn't know. And it's just like, you can't really explain it. It's yeah. just you're, you're prepared for it. Just but happened. when is it going to come out? Who right. knows? Who knows? But yeah. you better be prepped for it because this could come at any given time. Man, that's but crazy. After, then, but then after that, after that, that's when I was consistent, consistency, consistency. So fifty-eight this me, fifty-eight that me, fifty-eight mm. the next me. Yeah. Take a take a go back to the United States. Take two weeks, got weeks off. Get your weight training back in. Come back fifty-eight again, fifty-eight Ooh. again. So yeah, you know that kind of consistency and strength and confidence came from kind of like that breakthrough, not knowing when stuff was going to happen for you. Yeah. And, you know, being surprised by it and then never giving up on it and right. trusting it. Yeah. And, um, and then just trusting your technique and, and then everything will work itself out. 
Yeah. And that's where, where that came from. If, if you had to speculate about why you think that that one meet, you just couldn't hit it, even though you felt ready. And then the next, the yeah. following meet you did. And like you said, like it, you didn't think there was anything different. What, what do you think maybe was the case now in hindsight? Like, I think there's a combination of things. I think like pre-meet preparation, how long, you know, did I get to the meet okay. a day prior, two days yeah. prior? And that's when I started calculating what, you know, when, I, when do I perform the best? Yeah. Is it a day, is it a day out? Is it the day I get there in Europe? You know, I travel for eight, nine hours, 10 hours. If I go to Japan, it's 11, 13 hours. Then I got a day off, day off, or do I, you just get off the plane and go before that, that, that right. uh, jet lag hits you okay. and compete? Or do you wait three days? When Try are you the worst? So you make that adjustment. So those yeah. kind of things become part of your training. Are part of your performance. Yeah. Like yeah. how are you going to perform the next day? And yep. what do you need to do to, 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 to fix that? So it's yeah. not an issue for you. So doing that, I, from that point forward, I started doing that stuff for my career. Yeah. Doing, like looking into all those things. And what I figured uh, now is that <laughs> I got into town two days, two days before, or two days before. So I was like on that jet lag kind of thing. Yeah like thing and i was like like sluggish and yeah I, even though i wanted to win my body i didn't give my body a best opportunity to perform yes. at its highest level okay and then when we when the next meet when i got into um stockholm i knew i had i, I felt fresher yeah. i got to do warm up my legs underneath me a little bit yeah. but i didn't feel great i was still a little sore but that little soreness i think let me know oh your body's responding it's doing gonna do something but yeah we figure it out and that's when i started learning a lot more about your body and how it performs and how it competes during different different travels different scenarios different you know gotcha how how, how um how nervous how how calm you are all those things start coming into part of what makes you become a champion and, and yeah you know, compete at a very high level yeah. When push comes to shove kind of thing. That's super interesting. Okay. Cool, cool. All right. So then let's move on to the, the next year. That would be world championships, right? 91? Yep. 91. Right. Oh, well, I forgot there was Goodwill Games. That was the big world championship for us back then. Because we didn't have world championships every two years like the kids have now. Oh, okay. We have them every four years. Oh. So they just started making the transition around 90. But nobody was, you know, they had to boycott in 80 for the Olympics. So nobody oh, yep, was really yep. going to the Olympics. Yeah. You know, the Russians didn't go to 84. Gotcha. Because we didn't go in 80 and all that jazz. So <laughs> so Ted Turner said, I want everybody competing at the same time. So he created the world the Goodwill Games. Oh, that's so cool. The Good Goodwill Games was a world title. So okay. they had all the best people around the world competing. Yeah. And that was like my first world title to me. And so what year what year was that? 1990. 90. Oh, okay. Gotcha. 90, 90. So everybody, all the best, they, in the, they take the best eight in the whole world, no matter who it is. Ooh. And the Goodwill Games was top two in every country. And then you get to pick one, 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 one other person okay. that you might think can compete at the super high level Yeah. or that qualifies at that level. So wow. top two. So, so they, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh no! So that just lets you the the, the standards of making the team was top two. Yeah, you know you're not even top three. You don't yeah. even get to go if you're if you're the, bad, the third wheel out. So 
Yeah. That I claimed as the world title. So that was like my first world title. Uh, one on my last jump, which gave me a little bit of extra confidence. So uh, I was struggling that meet too, because I was jump 5810 earlier. And yeah. then I was jumping all these 58s and I couldn't hit 58 if my life depended on me that day. Yeah. But I told me that my last jump and I was able to jump 58-1 and, and I ended up winning. Oh, wow. But I was putting so much pressure on myself because I want to break the world record there in the, on right. American soil and all that yeah. jazz. Yeah. So, all that jazz, but that was my first title. So, okay. Moving on to the next year. No, no, that's okay. Um, so who else was in in that meet for the U.S. then? Mike Conley. Mike Conley, and then Mike Conley, and uh, I think uh, there was nobody else made to qualifying standard. Gotcha. So okay, you know, and so there's the Russians, the Cubans, the yeah, you know, they had the the, the Brazilians, you know, they had the Polish. They had some. <laughs> the field was solid. Man, yeah, the field is always solid at the Goodwill Games for the jumps, especially. Okay, sweet. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, 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 oh, how did how did Mike Conley do at the Goodwill Games? Did he get second? He was second. He was you second. guys went one two. Oh, yeah, well, awesome. one two. I beat him on my last jump. That's he was awesome. he was first, and I was I had to take him out. Yeah. <laughs> is is he a similar age to you, or is he older? A little bit older. A little bit older. I think okay. he's three years older. Three years older. Three years older. Yeah. So did did you look up to him at all, or was he close enough in age that he was just a competitor? He was just somebody I could just had to be. I just didn't like him at all. I could have <laughs> didn't I couldn't stand. I could didn't like him at oh, all. Really? I didn't like. I didn't like his technique. I didn't like it. I was just like I just didn't like him at all. And I mean that. I mean that in competition wise. I mean personally, she's awesome. Person. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we play basketball. We used to do all stuff, you know, in practice before, after stuff, yeah. goof around, all that jazz. But competing, I, all jumpers, I couldn't stand. I just didn't like them. I sure. just didn't like. Them. Yeah, just yeah. get away from them. Busy. <laughs> I'm busy doing work. Here. <laughs> busy, That's right? Awesome. Figuring this out. So sweet. So, but for sure. But at compete wise, no, absolutely not. I. It was always a good day if you were able to get close to Mike Conley. First of all. Yeah, but to be able to finally beat like an idol, like a somebody who was so a 